I didn't know podiums had such power. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Just welcome. It's a great Sunday morning, isn't it? I think for those of us that live in Houston, it's particularly great because it rained hard yesterday. Things look greener. The air is fresher. And it's sunny, and we can get this wonderful celebration. I have time to visit to, on the plaza afterwards without umbrellas. It's a perfect day. Well, listen, my name is David Leslie. I'm the director of the Rothko Chapel, and it's my pleasure to welcome you here for this very, very important meditation in observance of International Day of Peace. Established in 1981 by the United Nations General Assembly, International Day of Peace is a time to recognize our individual and our collective responsibility to foster peace, congruent with this year's theme, Actions for Peace. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez says, peace is needed today more than ever. War and conflict are unleashing devastation, poverty, and hunger, and driving tens of millions of people from their homes. Climate chaos is all around. And even peaceful countries are gripped by gaping inequalities and political polarization. Officially, International Day of Peace is observed on September 21. However, we thought it was most appropriate to celebrate a bit early this year within the context of the Japur Literature Festival Houston, which you'll hear about more shortly. Simply put, the festival is committed to furthering a more hope-filled world through thoughtful debate and dialogue. As such, we could not have had a better partner in developing and presenting this year's program. In the spirit of building and strengthening community, the Rothko Chapel continues to be a welcoming and inspiring space dedicated to creating opportunities for individual and community spiritual growth, artistic expression, and creative activism, all of which foster engagement with critical social justice issues of the day. As such, the chapel is also a place to remember, to remember and to lift up those who are suffering, suffering from war, from poverty, inequity, climate disasters, such as people today in the Sudan, in Morocco, in Libya, in the Ukraine, in Israel, in Palestine, in India, and in many places throughout our own country. On occasions like International Day of Peace, we are reminded of the bonds and connections between one another making so clear the old adage that when one suffers, we all suffer. When one celebrates joy, we all celebrate joy. As we prepare our hearts and our minds for today's meditation, I want to share my gratitude to everyone at the Japur Literature Festival for their leadership, as well as my colleagues at the chapel, especially our program team, Kelly Johnson, and Anna Mar Martinez. I also would ask that, at least for the next hour, 
if you could please silence your cell phones and refrain from taking pictures or recording today's meditation. For in doing so, you help heighten the sacredness of this space and deepen the meaning of our time together. With that, it is my deep, deep privilege and pleasure to present Sanjoy Roy, Managing Director of Teamworks Arts, an international ambassador and true champion for the arts who will share a bit about the Japur Literature Festival and today's presenters. So thank you all for being here and also thanks very much to the Arnold de Varma Classical Quartet, Aris Khan Brown for sharing your artistic gifts and thank all of you for being here this morning. Thank you so much, uh, David, Kelly, and all your colleagues. The first time that I came to Houston about seven years ago, uh, I beat a hasty retreat to this particular place. And it's really coming in here to the Rothko Chapel that convinced us that we needed to bring JLF to Houston. When you come in here and sit down or stand, and after a while when your eyes adjust to the light, and the painting reveals itself in the same way that knowledge reveals itself and allows us to understand a different people, a different culture, different histories, the way of being, and the fact that at the end of the day, we're all one. Sadly, color, race, uh, national and international boundaries have divided us for far too long. What we forget is that 100,000 years ago, when we all walked out of Africa, we went to all of these different countries and we brought to it a richness of life, of empathy, of what it was to be human. And that really is something we need to capture again and celebrate. JLF celebrates knowledge, JLF celebrates writing, JLF celebrates poetry, and JLF celebrates the evolution of the human mind. 15 or 16 years ago, when we set up the Jaipur Literature Festival back home, it wasn't necessarily with the aim of creating what has come to be known as the largest literary gathering in the world, with about half a million people who come through the doors in India, or the 25 million people who watch us online. Harvard Business School teaches that we had this five-year and 10-year and 15-year plan to take over the world and the art space. It wasn't true. For us, it was merely an accident waiting to happen. And the fact that it was at the right time, maybe in the right place, the fact that we were able to take our writers to so many different parts of the world to be able to uh, engender better understanding of each other. And this is really a celebration. Rothko Chapel is a dream uh, that we were trying to make happen for the past five years. We were interrupted by COVID. Uh, and we're absolutely delighted to be here in its inaugural year of JLF being part of this program. And thank you all for being so responsive 
and to all of those people who haven't been able to get their reservation to come today, our apologies and we promise that uh, we'll be back again and we look forward to welcoming you all. Uh, today it's my great pleasure on World Peace Day, which will be celebrated on the 21st of the United Nations, to first welcome uh, Houston's Poet Laureate. She blew us away yesterday uh, at Asia Society, part of the program. Uh, JLF in Houston has come together in association with Inprint um, and with the University of Houston. It's, it's a global division. I think Michael is somewhere here. And of course, Asia Society and all our many advisors and supporters. Uh, Aris Gyan is, Houston, is a Houston enthusiast and a student of abolitionists. She ranks two in the 2023 Women of the World Poetry Slam and is the 2023 to 2025 Houston Poet Laureate. She received her MFA from the University of Houston and serves as the narrative change and media manager at Houston in action. Aris will read to mark the occasion of World Peace Day and we'll follow that with the Anurudh Varma Collective, who's on tour in the United States presently. Uh, the collective is a contemporary Indian classical ensemble from New Delhi, India. It's led by pianist, composer, and producer Anirudh Varma. The collective comprises musicians and artists from across India, America, and Canada. The classical quartet that we will be presenting today emerged from a shared passion for reimagining traditional Indian classical compositions within a contemporary framework. The outcome is a spontaneous and impromptu musical experience where the exchange of energy fuels creativity and gives rise to beautiful harmony. Uh, as part of our effort to ensure that we were able to include younger people, which is much of the focus of the Jaipur Literature Festival, 80% of our audiences back home in India, below the age of 25, who come to the festival, we reached out and worked with the Faye School uh, and asked if their young people could write what they envision of peace. And we're delighted that you'll be listening to two of the young people present their pieces. Uh, the Faye School is a vision, uh, the Faye School's vision is to deliberately educate and build future leaders of the world. Karina Patel is a 10-year-old and a fifth grader at the Fay School. Karina loves school, and her favorite subject is math. However, at heart, she is a natural artist who avidly participates in theater and piano. Philip Salzberg is a fourth grader at the Fay School and is a young bookworm and sports enthusiast. When he's not immersed in reading, Philip is out on the soccer and baseball fields displaying his passion for sports with every quick and every swing. Whether it's a thrilling book, currently The Hobbit, or a competitive game, Philip's enthusiasm shines through, making him a well-rounded and active fourth grader. We're delighted to welcome them here to read on the occasion of World Peace Day. Thank you all for coming, and just to remind you again, in the evening today, we move to the Eternal Gandhi Museum, which has just recently opened, where we'll be screening a special film on Gandhi. It is, I mean, I've seen it a number of times, and it is a remarkable film. I, I always say it's, it's the best film of Gandhi, 
and how Gandhi changed the world without lifting a weapon, but basically using the principles of nonviolence which we need today, not just by governments, but by each of us individually, because each of us individually have a responsibility today to save the Earth. Elon Musk may well go off to space in his rocket, but we only have one Earth which we need to preserve and treasure, and it's our responsibility individually to make sure that we do that. Thank you all so much again, and welcome to this beautiful space. Aris Kian. Thank you all so much for having me. My name is Aris Kian Brown, and once again, I am your Houston Poet Laureate from 2023 to 2025. Um, I'm very honored to be one of the featured readers to start off World Peace Day. This is a poem titled, How to Build a Bridge. How to Build a Bridge. Step one, survey the space over which you are building. Study its cracks or corals. Know what rests in the troubled water, what is buried beneath the land. Understand every area is varied in level. Some require a smoothing over. Others a clearing out, some a digging through all a level head and patient hand. Step two, anchor a base at every point at an equal distance. One does not build from the beginning to an end, but from one to another. And this is what we know of allyship, of built-in support systems, of bearing a weight without breaking down a sound foundation at its feet. Step three, begin building the bridge in pieces, the welded edges in sanded stone crafted with a practice touch each chunk, structured for something bigger than itself bids itself the utmost attention. No bolt unscrewed, no pile out of place, each part a necessary thing, the most fragile of wires worthy of tender care. Step four, Stockpile your perseverance early. You will need it here. On days when heavy rains begins to blur the hand in front of you, when the harshest of winds lash at your cheek, when nights are so cold the numbness becomes you and feeling drains from your grip, you must remember that no bridge is built in a minute, but every minute builds the bridge your persistence is a tool as any hammer, crane, or saw. Do not lose sight, even if you cannot see the end. Step five, take time for radical rest. Trust the work is being done alongside your sleep, your stretch, your breaks, and downtime, your side projects and moments of meditation. Drown out the drilling when you need to. Return when you are ready. Remind yourself that no labor should be rendered without compensation, no service smaller than the other, no title more worthy of time off. Remind the ones alongside you, lest they forget too. Listener, you must admit there is no final step. 
Whether or not there is an end to be reached, we must believe that no bridge bears a finish line. For its sole purpose is the walking across, for the constant carrying of congregations to each other. No, none of this would matter. If not for the purposes of creating community, a bridge is only one step in the building of unity and the upkeep is infinite. The paint chips, the concrete splits, we build new ramps for the wheels that make their way, handrails and high walls, and often it is still not enough for the journey over. Ask our ancestors how often they went back to the bridge. Sometimes what awaits you on the other side is not an open arm. Sometimes it opens you to a world you did not know to prepare for. But still, we gather, even if it is on our knees, even if we don't utter a word, sometimes the only thing that holds us are each other. Other times we reach across and meet in the middle. Most times a bridge stands only as the possibility until we are brave enough to face the fight ahead. So we build anyway. The fight already built in us, we bring every tool, new found or passed down to keep our community prospering. For some, those tools are our hands. For others, it is our voices. We learned that even the shyest of us can cover the widest ground with a whisper, can steal and stone our way across a restless sea. That even the ones who stand in line and amplify the message make the passage that much lighter. We know that when we gather, our possibilities are greater. If we have a fraction of the faith of the ones who came before us, even we can move mountains, even if that mountain is a mindset. We are wrecking generations of infrastructure, centuries of construction crafted against us and forging anew every step, building atop the work that has already begun. This work is never done step before step one, step before step one. Thank you so much. Welcome everyone. 
an artist seldom gets the chance to perform at a venue which has as much significance as the Rothko Chapel. It is not every day that we get invited to be among audiences like yourselves and sharing a platform where everybody is equal, everybody is the same, everybody has a space to be themselves. We are extremely grateful that we are getting the opportunity to be here today. Aris, that was a wonderful piece. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The day could not have started off on a better note. What we have for you today, this morning, are some morning rags in Hindustani classical music. The first scale or rag that we have for you this morning is called Bhatiyar. <coughs> and the composition is very interesting because while we're all talking about peace and unity and harmony, this composition talks about a god in our culture who wields endless power, the power to create, the power to end, and the power to recreate. And the meaning of the composition is, we've all heard it in a very popular film, but uh, the quote perhaps comes from a much older story. The entire theme of the composition is, with great power comes a greater amount of peace, is the theme of the composition. With that, we will begin this performance in Rag Bhatiyar. Thank you so much. It is a tradition in Hindustani classical to seek the blessings and the permission of the audience before we start. And we say, Ijazat Dijay. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Nothing can bring you peace but yourself. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Peace comes from within. Do not seek it without. Siddhartha Gautama. These quotes capture what inner peace means to me. To me, inner peace means feeling fulfilled and content. Not by something or someone, but simply by me. One of the most important things to achieving inner peace is being self-confident. Being self-confident helps me believe in myself. When I feel confident, calm, and strong, I feel that like nothing can take my inner peace away. Life is not perfect, and I live in a world that has many uncertainties. I cannot change what people say or do to me, but I can change how I let it affect me. But as hard as I may try to protect my inner peace, sometimes it can get broken. I have to quickly recognize what I can change and accept what I cannot change. I have to find ways to mend or calm my inner peace. One of my favorite things to do when my inner peace feels broken is to read a book. Reading makes me feel calm and helps me de-stress. Reading is my form of meditation. I strongly believe that when you are at peace with yourself, you can be at peace with others and more accepting of each other's differences. Um, imagine how peaceful the world would be if we all achieved inner peace. Let your inner light shine bright on this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you. Next presentation for you is in the Iraq called Nadbhairav, and yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Give us a minute to tune as the Iraq changes the sitars of tunes differently. So give us one minute. The next composition that we have for you it talks about finding peace and harmony through worship. Now this worship could be to a higher part, to whoever you choose. The words say, Le Prabhu Ka Naam, which 
means call out to the one you worship and seek their blessings. This is based on a scale called Nat Bhairav and we sincerely hope you enjoy it. Thank you.
do it multiple times every day. After we get up in the morning and often after we wash our hands in the bathroom or even as we look at the phone in selfie mode. But seeing ourselves in the mirror. But are we really looking inside? The Man in the Glass by Peter Dale Wimbrose Sr. When you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass? The fellow whose verdict counts the most in your life is the one staring back in, your gla in the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you cheated the man in the glass. The Man in the Glass poem is about finding peace from within yourself. It's like looking in a mirror and being okay with who you are on the inside. One shouldn't stress too much about what others accomplished and they've accomplished and how they feel and they have lived their lives given the things they've had to place. I've asked myself, have I been nice to my sister? Have I been a good friend? Have I listened to my parents? Have I tried my hardest? Did, was I a good team player? Yesterday, my family celebrated the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. My parents have a strict rule of no screens at all, just conversation and a quiet time. It's a break from the busy routine of a nine-year-old. Today, mine and many of my friends' schedules is busier than most adults between school, soccer, baseball, and homework. I'm pretty much packed between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. So, when is there a time from peace within, from within? I find it in the tiny moments. Like the funny joke a friend tells me and, and makes me laugh reading a great chapter in a book I love, also known as The Hobbit, <laughs> enjoying a super yummy dinner or dessert, and just knowing that I feel good about me. So the next time a mirror is in front of you, take a deep breath, maybe count to five in your head, and, and appreciate who you are and the person you want to be, and find your peace from within. Thank you.
the, the final rag scale that we have for you this morning is called Shuddha Saran. The composition, this particular composition is about the message of love. Peace and love often go hand in hand, if not always. And uh, this is the note on which we'd like to end. The words are something like Jare Ja Jare Ja Kagava, which essentially means back in the day, back in the era of kings and emperors in India, messages would be sent in small chits in the mouths of the birds. And this is what this composition talks about. Jare Ja Jare Ja Go Kagava. Kagava is the bird. Spread the message of love. This is Rag Shuddha Saran. Before we end, uh, good people line up on stage. Saptak Sharma on Tabla. Saptak Shadaji on Hindustani classical vocals. Shomitra Thakur on sitar. And I'm Anirudh Varma. Thank you so much. Jeremiah, are you here? Jeremiah? Can you please increase the sitar on the monitor just a bit? Yeah, increase it on the monitor. Not on the house, on the monitor just a bit. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank, thank you, so everybody. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. They truly, uh, they truly deserve this uh, standing ovation and of course maybe another round of applause. <laughs>
<clears throat> I was thinking a uh, couple things that are very important for us at the chapel. We use the term mediums of expression to express that which matters. And today, it was great to have a variety of mediums of expression. So for the poets, for the prayers, for the music, for the thoughts in our hearts, let's give another round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> in the spirit of the International Day of Peace, I also wondered myself, what if we invested even just an iota in the arts, in the culture, in the humanities that we put into war, weapons, and destruction. Thank you all for helping us to realize that importance of the investment of what moves the spirit to that which is good. Thank you all again. Another round of applause. <clears throat> I'll extend again the invitation to continue the community building uh, out on the plaza time to share with each other and I will leave you with these words of a person who also was martyred for his witness of peace, now Saint Oscar Romero, former Archbishop of El Salvador, who wrote the following, peace is not the product of terror or fear, peace is not the silence of cemeteries, peace is not the silent result of violent repression, Peace is a generous, tranquil contribution of all to the good of all. Peace is dynamism. Peace is generosity. Peace, it is a right and it is a duty. Go in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to add a few words to what, whatever has been spoken. Uh, a very big reason why we could be here today uh, is our two people who are here today in the audience. Uh, they are uh, one of the biggest patrons for this tour for us and we would not have been here had it not been for their love and support. Uh, we would really like to acknowledge Sheetal Ji and Radhika Ji from the Indo-American Association. And since this is such a closely knit community, we would also like to bring to your attention that uh, what you see today is the quartet, the four of us. There is a much larger setup uh, that has about seven more people. It is a large setup, it is exciting, it is fantastic, and we are certain you would love it. On the 29th of September at the Zilka Hall at the Hobby Center, which is also in Houston, it is organized by the Indo-American Association, Radhika Ji and Sheetal Ji are here among us. And I hope you all had a good time and you will have an equally good time if you show up on the 29th of September. You can find all the details outside at the registration desk. Once again, thank you so much for having us. You all have been the warmest audience and we could not have been more grateful. Thank you so much, take care, have a great day. <laughs>